You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so just a brief interruption before we get the show started. We are super excited uh, to be partnering with Inked and Screened for our first print run ever of Triviality T-Shirts. Uh, so what we're going to be doing is a campaign, November 1st through the 15th. T-Shirts are going to be in two different styles, starting at $15. All of the orders will go together and the bulk order will ship at the end of the cycle, the 15th. That'll allow us to give everybody the best discount rate that we can. From that point on, you will still be able to get Triviality t-shirts. So don't feel like if uh, now is not a good time, you have to do it right away. But they will revert to our regular rates of uh, t-shirts starting at $20 a piece. Now, if you are a patron, $10 or higher, you will still get the merchandise perks discount after that date. But uh, we wanted to offer everybody who would be interested in getting a t-shirt now the best possible price we could so again uh our partner is inked and screen you should be able to find them in the show notes on our website facebook twitter and we're doing the campaign from the first to the 15th so no time like the present no present like a triviality t-shirt recorded in chicago illinois with your hosts ken matt neil and jeff this Good evening. Welcome to Triviality, the show where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of oh knowledge. Oh my god, here we go. My name uh, is Dracula. Joining me in the studio crypt today is Frankenstein's monster, the mummy, and the wolfman. That's pretty good, man. Mm-hmm. It, was, yeah. it was a strong Bela Lugosi uh, impression. Good job. Thank you. Yeah, not as good as uh, Martin Landau, as you said before we recorded. Uh, but welcome to Trick or Triviality 2, the final chapter uh, Jason lives <laughs> and goes to Manhattan. That is quite yeah. a long title. It is a long yeah. title. But Any, we will we will officially title it. I will figure it how to get on the uh, on mm-hmm. the sheet. Yeah. I still know what you tricked last triviality. That, yeah, that works. <laughs> is that possible? Uh, scream. Well, it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't do anything. Um, well, yeah, we're just gonna. It's just gonna be us in the studio. Uh, Ken, Matt, and Jeff are here. How's it going? Oh, it's so scary. Just there? so excited for Halloween. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's Halloween today. Uh, we have our candy ready to hand out to the little kids that are going to come to the studio and ask for candy. I'm actually handing out toothbrushes. Mm-hmm. That's, that's smart. I mean, dental hygiene is important. Yeah. yeah. Toothbrushes. What are you giving out, Matt? Uh, my two cents. Oh, that works. Yeah. It's actually just two pennies. I'm very cheap. <laughs> what about you, Jeff? Periodic table? No, I, I live on a dead end, so uh, nobody ever... Happens by my door. (laughs) Spooky. Like you went the wrong way. That is pretty (laughs) spooky. Uh, Well, uh, as we're going to get going here, this game is just basically like our normal format with a few changes, but we should throw it over to the rules guy who we've uh, had chained up uh, in the basement of our studio ready to read the rules. So let's uh, throw it over to him. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points. Uh, well, it seems a masked stranger has killed the rules guy. It was so violent. It was very violent. Uh, if you listened to last year's Trick or Triviality, you would know that the front of a tombstone, the message there is called an epitaph. Mm-hmm. And uh, it seems that the uh, rules guy has his own epitaph now on his tombstone, which reads, Someone will be named the cream of the crop. With uh, a subtitle of, The horse will not be beaten anymore. 
Well, let's uh, <laughs> let's start this game. It's Triviality Nights. Uh, we're going to start with question one, which is actually going to be uh, part audio, part question. So just listen to this little piece of audio here. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon, and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. All right, so that was the audio clip. Uh, the question is, that was the jingle for Silver Shamrock or Silver Shamrock Novelties, an evil organization that acts as the main antagonistic faction in what standalone entry of a popular horror film franchise? I think I kind of remember this from an episode of Movieality. Hmm. So I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm locked in. Sure, why not? All right, let's start with Jeff. I said Halloween. I heard shamrocks and thought leprechaun, so I said leprechaun in the hood. Okay. And Ken? I think this is Halloween 2 or 3. I can't remember which the like especially weird one is, but I went with Halloween 2. All right. Well, the uh, answer is Halloween 3, Season ah, of the Witch. I was so close. The only one that doesn't include Michael Myers. Mm. Uh, and that theme song was for the company that was making Halloween masks that uh, the kids really wanted, and it was uh, like kind of taking over the world. So, Neil, Halloween 2 was uh, a Mike Myers movie? Yeah, it was a Mike Myers movie. Not then. like, yeah, baby, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. Well, no, Michael it actually, Myers. It actually was Mike Myers playing Michael Myers, mm. and under the jumpsuit was the Austin Powers outfit. So, 3 was yeah. the weird one. Yeah, 3 was the weird one. Gotcha. It was Halloween 3, The Spy Who Loved Me. Gotcha. Uh, all right, number two. There happens to be a U.S. state where it is illegal to dress up like a priest or a nun. According to Criminal Code 13A-14-A, if Jeff dressed up or pretended to be a minister of any religion, nun, priest, etc., he would be guilty of a misdemeanor. I'm sure that Ken, Matt, or myself would not be his first choice of counsel when he walks into the courthouse flying this state's flag, which consists of a field of white and a saltire, which is basically the color of blood. Man, that's a lot of stuff to get to what yeah, state that is. tough. So basically I'm looking for what state has a flag of a field of white and a salt tire, which is basically the color of blood. I don't know any flags with tires on them. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock in. Apologies if I pronounced salt tire wrong or salt here. It's a term. How do you spell it? S-A-L-T-I-R-E. I would have called it a salt tire too. All right, let's start with Matt. Uh, based entirely off of uh, Nebraska's uh, football team stadium flag thing, I just said Nebraska. Okay. Uh, Ken? Just uh, one in 50 guests. I'm going Montana. All right. And Jeff? Uh, I believe this flag is white and red. I said Alabama. All right. Well, a uh, saltire is also called St. Andrew's Cross. Damn it. It's Florida. And for Alabama, it is the color oh, of crimson, not blood. And it is Alabama. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. So it is Alabama. Uh, Jeff, who is going to sit this game out, is now in the lead, just so everyone knows. Oh, it will go away quickly. No worries. <laughs> uh, moving right along to number three. Covered by artists such as Nina Simone, Creedence Clearwater Revival, and a buck-toothed Bette Midler film character, what song was originally written and performed by Screamin' Jay Hawkins and was named one of Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll? Mm. Ooh. I'm in. Okay. Yeah, I have a guess. All right. Oh, I, I don't, but that's okay. You guys go first. All right, Jeff. Proud Mary. Okay. Mm. Yep, that's what I had uh, based on the Creedence Clearwater and uh, you said Tina Turner, right? Uh, I did not no, say Tina Turner. Okay. Bad Midler, right? Yep. Still Proud Mary is my answer. Okay. And yeah. uh, wing beneath, Wind Beneath My Wings. Is that Bette Midler? Uh, that is Bette Midler. Yep. And you did name a Credence Clearwater song. But since it was a cover by these bands and these groups, uh, the original song is called I Put a Spell on You. Mm. So if you look at the, the movie Hocus Pocus, Bette Midler in character sings I Put a Spell on You right. at the dance. Gotcha. Yep. And uh, my favorite fact that I learned about this song, if you hear it, it's great. Uh, the entire band was intoxicated during recording session where Hawkins screamed, grunted, and girled his way through the tune with utter drunken abandon. That was a quote from one of the people. In the it, it made it, though. Yeah. Made it, yeah. We've all Are you and I thinking, was, was Proud Mary a cover? I feel like there's I think, something I there. I think Credence was, uh, I thought that was a Credence Because like original. of all the other songs that came to my mind, like mm-hmm. Born on the Bayou and nothing else made yeah. sense. Yeah, I had so. nothing. Yeah, pretty spooky scores going on here so far. <laughs> It's a ghost town. It is a ghost yeah. town. Uh, let's see if we can uh, take off these masks of these imposters and get Ken, Matt, and Jeff back here because uh, all these meddling kids are getting in the way. All right, number four. I have a movie-themed equation for you. Michael J. Fox plus werewolf plus basketball equals teen wolf. Damn. Your <laughs> equation is 
X plus werewolf plus Y equals Teen Wolf 2. What are X and Y? Uh, Got a lot of writing going on in here. Oh, I, I'm laughing. I'm in too. All right, let's start with Matt. I th- I'm not 100% sure. I, I think either I'm thinking of the Teen Wolf show on MTV, <laughs> so I'm going to say lacrosse, which I think that's wrong because I know it's the MTV one, but I think it might have been Rob Lowe as in Teen Wolf 2, so that's why I locked in with. All right, and let's go to Jeff. I think it's Jason Bateman, mm, and I can't tell you what the sport is, and that's very sad that I only have half of it. Mm-hmm. All you right. can guess the sport? Football. <laughs> football, okay, and Ken. It's definitely Jason Bateman. I have no idea on the sport, but I went with football. It right. seems like a logical progression. Well, uh, no points, unfortunately. It is Jason Bateman, but it's boxing. Boxing. You're kidding. Yeah, it's boxing. Is, is I, I got to see that. Lacrosse so, is the Teen Wolf show on MTV, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that is Teen Wolf Lacrosse, yeah. So and, I remember we mentioned Jason Bateman in Teen Wolf 2 on last year's episode. We probably and did. And I remember that, but I, I didn't. We didn't I knew it was it somebody further, on, a, so. on a current sitcom or more current sitcom that I enjoyed, and I went with Rob Lowe instead right. of Bateman. Makes sense. Uh, I asked uh, everyone in the crop to send in some Halloween questions. Only a few of you did, so thank you to those who did. I tried to use uh, as many as I could. Uh, the first one comes to us from Patreon supporter and cruiserweight champion Ryan Candycorn Myers for today. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, That's pretty good. Here's his question. Uh, the online retail company Yandy got slammed in September after unveiling their, quote, Brave Red Maiden costume, a sexy outfit that completely missed the point of what book and or TV series on which it was based. I'm in. I will lock in. I'm looking forward to the sexy Jeff, Neil, Matt, and Ken costumes. Yeah. They will never happen. <laughs> uh, all right. I'm locked in. All right. Let's start with Matt. I just said Red Riding Hood. Okay, uh, Ken? Pretty sure it's The Handmaid's Tale. Jeff? Uh, I think it's Elizabeth Moss's The Handmaid's Tale. Uh, it is The Handmaid's Tale. I, I know yeah. it's Margaret Atwood, if I'm being honest about the author. but Yes, but no, you are correct. It is The Handmaid's Tale. We got some points there. So um, that was uh, question five. What's our score update here? I know it's pretty low, but that's uh, okay. okay. I've got a big 10. All right. Yeah, I'm uh, even par. Okay. Zero. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> I've got 20. All right. See, Jeff, before we even start recording, I'm not playing. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna I'm gonna go up to a door and trick or treat for some extra points. So continuing on to number six is also gonna be a listener submitted question. Uh, this one is gonna be from Patreon supporter and Triviality superstar Spookeith Moser. <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> I couldn't figure out a way, Keith, so to add a. Um, oh, I thought people were doing this for you. It was oh, adorable. No, I did that. Uh, all right, thank you, Keith. Uh, here's your question. Keith Monster. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah, Keith Monster. That works. What 2001 horror movie featured characters such as The Torso, The Withered Lover, The Hammer, The Firstborn Son, The Torn Prince, The Jackal, The Juggernaut, and half a dozen others? I'm the Juggernaut. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. I was thinking Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. That, there's no way that was 2001. That's that was like 2010 oh, really? at least. I don't know of any movies with that big of a cast of monsters. The, mm-hmm. the Withered Lover. And they're like, stupid one so I, yeah. that's why i just locked in with the stupid movie okay i'm in let's start with matt uh i said idle hands oh yes devin sawa jessica alba very nice uh jeff i said the ring the ring I had no idea okay and ken hotel transylvania well it's way later all right well it, it is a remake uh from an older movie and uh if you saw the clue in the question we didn't keith said uh he named a bunch that was, it was actually six, or I'm sorry, seven, and he said a half a dozen others, which would equal 13 ghosts. Oh, mm. I missed that one. Uh, number seven uh, is going to be from me. The film used the quote, ah, 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 nobody says the B word about its titular character. However, in the musical adaptation, soon to hit Broadway, starring Tony-nominated Alex Brightman of School of Rock fame, the marketing material say, don't say the B word. What B word are they referring to? I think I finally got one. I'm in. Uh, I, I don't have this one, but no. I'll, I'll tap. Oh, you're just going to tap? No, okay. I got an answer. Right, I'll, say, answer? I'll say Bride. Bride. Okay, uh, Ken? Uh, I think this is Beetlejuice. Yeah. Matt? I'm glad Jeff didn't say it, because that would be three. Uh, Beetlejuice. It is Beetlejuice. No, you did it anyway. It's showtime. Yeah, when I was a kid, um, I was walking to the corner. I used to watch this movie all the time. And uh, there's the scene when he's like really tiny in the model and they're like looking at him and he's like talking to them or whatever. And he kicks the, oh uh, my God. the tree. You told the story, you told last, the story year. last year. On last year's. Did I? Yeah. Yes. 
This oh. is a trick. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a trick Neil story. <laughs> okay. Maybe we'll be treated like, to a, a, a new, new real one. <laughs> real one. Well, later. actually, here's a here's a uh, little treat here then for you. So I found it interesting that the name Beetlejuice was inspired by Beetlejuice, which is on average the ninth brightest star in the sky and would be the brightest star in the sky if the human eye could view all wavelengths of radiation, mm. just like Jeff's eyes. <laughs> he can view everything. Jeff just doesn't say anything. Well, that was a trick, too. Because every time I go to say something interesting, Ken's like, well, we're cutting that. So... <laughs> <laughs> and that's a treat for the audience. All right, uh, number eight. I'm going to cut you. Oh, <laughs> I was going to what? I was going to say my favorite quote from Predator, which is, uh, "I'm going to bleed you real quiet." Uh, all right, that's pretty good. Uh, number eight uh, looks like I just repeated a question, so I'm going to do this one off the top of my head. Uh, so, uh, although Scooby Doo has been around for many, many years and it has many iterations on uh, TV, on film, uh, different types of media, the original series, Scooby Doo, Where Are You, lasted how many seasons? And I will give it to you within one. Mm. And this is not counting like Scooby Doo and the Globetrotters or anything? Yeah, that, so. so it doesn't count any any other iterations like the uh, Scra- Scooby and Scrappy-Doo or, mm-hmm. or movies or anything like that. And I will say, just for people who are Scooby-Doo fans, this does not include the uh, revival. Mm-hmm. So just the... The original. The original, and then there was like a break in between, and then it came gotcha. back. Yeah. Jeff, let's go with you. This one's a nod to community. I said six seasons and a movie, so six mm-hmm. seasons. Okay. Ken? I'm gonna go with uh, Big Twelve. Oh, all right, and Ooh, Matt. The Big Twelve. I figured if it was within one, it was small, and a lot of these old cartoons end up having a lot less seasons than people remember. So I said four. All right. Well, um, the answer is two. <laughs> Damn. Um, it had two seasons, and then there was a revival. Um, and the revival, uh, the first nine episodes counted as a season, and then the rest of them they kind of splintered off into different mm. uh, areas or whatever. But I'm going to give Matt points on that because you could also argue that three, it, yeah. of the third season, it was only nine episodes. So that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So I wasn't, but yeah, okay. Matt argued for a while that we cut all of that out. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm very argumentative. Yes. Zoinks. Okay. So I just wanted to do that. All right. Uh, our next one is a uh, number nine is an, also a listener submitted question. The first of a few from Patreon supporter and cruiserweight champion, also host of orange cat trivia, Aaron Buclay. Mm, good uh, one. <laughs> I would say Scarin Barclay. Ooh, Scarin Barclay. That's it. That's good. That's good. You guys should come up with your own too. Uh, Aaron did not send that name in, by the way. So don't worry, Aaron. Don't blame her. <laughs> yeah, she did not send it in. Uh, introduced in 1971 as part of the General Mills Monster Series, which cereal had a tagline "I want to eat your cereal." The tagline was discontinued in 2010 because it's dumb, but the cereal <laughs> is still available seasonally. <laughs> that might be my best. That might be the best flavor commentary in a question we've ever had. Thank you, Aaron. All opinions, I mean, Scarin. Scarin. All opi- uh, opinions are of Aaron and, and her question writing, not of triviality. Is it, I am in. Is I want to eat your cereal what the monster's saying to you? Like he's going to eat your cereal? Or what What was that tagline even supposed to mean? I think he's a mooch. Yeah, who, who's saying that to whom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man, that's a lot. Uh, I'm going to lock in with one. Okay. Come on. Jeff is in. All right, let's start with uh, Jeffrey. I said Frankenberry. Mm. Okay, let's go to Ken. I believe the phrase is most commonly associated with sucking one's blood, so I'm going with Count Chocula. And Matt. Uh, I went with the Frankenberry. All right, well, uh, it would be, I want to eat your cereal, Uh Count Chocula. I get it. Yeah, that was bad. Bad job by you, General Mills. Hold on, can you guys hear that? What is that? Can you hear that? I can't hear anything, Ken. No. Oh, there what? it is. What, Charlie? <laughs> oh. Maybe we uh, maybe we should leave this house right now and continue this elsewhere. We we probably should. We don't want. Yeah, I'll pack up my Ouija board. We'll head on out. Okay. Um, that is hereditary, guys. <laughs> number ten, the final of the first round. The power of three, represented by the triquetra symbol, refers to the bond and connection between three sisters that can be found on either the 1998 mm. or the 2018 rebooted version of what television series? Oh, finally. I am in. Question in my wheelhouse. I think I'm in. CW shows. <laughs> <laughs> oh, spoilers. Yeah, it's whatever. You know what it is. Uh, let's start with Jeffrey. I said charmed, I'm mm. sure. Ken? Charmed. Charmed. Well, uh, the original series premiered on the WB and ran for eight seasons, and the reboot just premiered uh, this past October 15th on the CW. It's Charmed. Uh, what are our scores here, Jeff? Uh, I have 30. 
40 for this guy. 30 over here. Well, I think those scores are going to go up higher after the swing around here. But before we do that, uh, we have a message from our friends over at the Chicago Comedy Film Festival. It's a festival that I was lucky enough to be a part of last year with my film, The Artist, and this year with my film, Remember Me. So if you want to come see that short film or just enjoy all the other great films this year from November 9th through the 11th, uh, you can check out uh, all the information over on their Facebook page at Chicago Comedy Film Festival or on Twitter at CC Film Fest. And uh, Jeff, they actually gave us a special deal this year. They did. So if you want to go, and uh, it's at Columbia College Chicago, uh, you can just put in the promo code FILMLOCAL. That gets you 50% off all tickets, either at Eventbrite or at the door. And uh, better deal yet, if you are a student, it's free with ID. So best deal in town. That's a pretty sweet deal. And uh, I will be there in my film screening November 10th. So I'll probably be in some sort of leather jacket or uh, other similar, quote, filmmaker attire. So um, come say hi. And uh, we really appreciate uh, them uh, reaching out and uh, giving you guys that free deal. So uh, what do you have in store for us on the swing round, Neil? Uh, since it is trick or triviality, um, and uh, we like the number 13 here for the holiday, uh, you're actually going to get 13 uh, different questions, or it's going to be three different types of questions, but 13 total. Um, you guys will know what I'm talking about when we get here. So this is how we're going to do it. Uh, the categories are called generic costume names, literal taglines, and devil in the details. So uh, we're going to start here with five. I'm going to give you five generic costume names that I made up. I just want you to tell me either the character or the movie, TV series, book that the character's from. Pretty simple. So we'll start with these five. Number one, telekinetic breakfast fan. Number two, Scottish face paint warrior. Number three, purple rock legend. Number four, braided archer rebel. And number five, Whitechapel top hat villain. Let's start with telekinetic breakfast fan. What do you got, Jeff? Uh, I believe that's eleven from Stranger Things. Matt, mm-hmm. eleven. Oh yeah, I don't watch that show. I went with Matilda. Okay, uh-huh. it is eleven from Stranger Things. She probably likes cereal. Yeah. yeah, I don't think they let her have it. Right? Were they terrible parents? Yeah, that's the point of it. She likes chocolate cake. Mm-hmm. Chocolate cake. That's okay. more of a dessert than a breakfast food. <laughs> Number two was Scottish face paint warrior. Jeff, I Braveheart. And Matt. I put William Wallace, but okay. in the same thing. That counts, yep. Yep. Yeah. William Wallace and Braveheart. It is William Wallace and Braveheart. All right. Number three, Purple Rock Legend. Jeff? I, I didn't get this one in time. Okay. Mm, Prince. All right. Yeah, Prince, Purple Rain. It is Prince. Yeah. These are all worth five points, by the way. Yes. Uh, number four, Braided Archer Rebel. Jeff? I said Legolas. All right. Ooh. Okay. I know. I, I was torn between Legolas and Link, and I went with Link. Uh, okay. Don't believe either of those are rebels, but Katniss from Hunger Games is. Mm. That makes sense. My my answer was Katniss, yeah. uh, but because Legolas isn't a rebel, Not right? Really, no. Yeah. Okay. And, and Link was just kind of a dick in the cartoons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the final one here, um, Whitechapel top hat Ooh. villain Jeff. Uh, I plug for the show Whitechapel, by the way, which is quite good. Uh, Jack the Ripper. Matt, mm, I put Raiden from Mortal Kombat. Okay. I put From Hell. No, just kidding. Jack the Ripper. It is Jack the Ripper. Round two of three of the swing round here is called uh, The Devil is in the Details. Each answer answer will have the word devil in it. I'm just going to give you five clues, and uh, you just have to tell me what the answer is. First one, number one. First track off the eponymous debut of Alex and Eddie's family rock band. Uh, number two is going to be a video game clue. A third-person shooter following Dante avenging his mother's murder. Number three, uh, it's going to be science. Described as the world's rarest fish and lives in a geothermal aquifer-fed pool within a limestone cavern in Death Valley. Its name shares its location. Number four, the name given to the night before Halloween, October 30th, due to vandalism, mischievous criminal behavior, or in Detroit's history, arson. And number five, this one is a movie. Adaptation of a Walter Mosley neo-noir novel following Detective Easy Rowlands, portrayed by Denzel Washington. All right, so that uh, second of three parts here of this uh, special spooky swing round uh, is uh, Devil in the Details. So let's start with, we're going to start with uh, Ken's side of the table now going around. The first one, uh, the Alex and Eddie's family rock band track. I think you're talking about Van Halen, and uh, Mm. I think the song is Running with the Devil. 
Okay, Matt? The only song I could think of with Devil was Devil Went Down to Georgia, which I know is wrong. All right, so. and Jeff? I couldn't pull a single one in that time, so I got nothing. <laughs> Might be Riding with the Devil. Running with the Devil? Well, Alex Riding and Eddie is Alex devil. Van Halen and yeah. Eddie Van Halen, and it is Running with the Devil. Yeah, well done. Uh, Five yeah, points to Ken. Song. Uh, next one, the video game, uh, Dante Avenging His Mother's Murder. Ken? Uh, devil May Cry. Mm-hmm. Devil yeah. May Cry. That makes way more sense. I said Diablo. Oh, <laughs> well, I guess... That's all right. It's not bad. Uh, it's points to Matt and Ken only, though. I've not played it. So uh, The science one, this one was in here for Jeff. Start with Ken again. Uh, this one is the uh, fish that shares its name with the location. Well, I sure don't know, so I said Death Devil. Okay, mm. it's a cool name. I based it off the ASU mascot. I said Sun Devil. All right, and Jeff? I don't know either. I said Death Devil. Well, Matt was kind of close. Uh, it's <laughs> actually the Devil's Hole pupfish i was not close at all so they <laughs> well you had, you had that answer was not <laughs> correct hey jeff uh, do you want to form a metal band called death devil yes, with I me do. you're gonna play barry sax right that's that says that works yeah okay i will say matt you had the word devil though so it counts <laughs> hey there we go uh but yeah devil's hole we uh, all had the word devil. <laughs> you did uh devil's hole is in uh, death valley it's a small yeah. little uh um you know thing yeah of, yeah. At least my answer had an Arizona connection. <laughs> so. It did. History slash geography, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. What's the name of that night before Halloween uh, where mischievous behavior in, uh, in, in Detroit, arson, takes place? Mm-hmm. Ken? I think it's as simple as Devil's Night. All right, Matt? Yep. Name of my favorite album, Devil's Night. Jeff? Yeah, there's a D12, right? Yeah. I said Devil's Night. It is Devil's Night. And uh, finally, in this second part here, uh, a movie. It's uh, an adaptation of Walter Mosley's novel uh, starring Denzel Washington. What do you got, Ken? This one I couldn't really come up with, so I'm just going to say the name of a movie that I love and everybody should check out if it's still on Netflix, The Devil's Candy. Mm -hmm. Great movie. I thought that this might be an older movie and said Devil Without a Cause. Okay. And Jeff? I picked a different devil movie I like, Before the Devil Knows You're Dead. Ooh, all all good movies there, Uh, but the answer is Devil in a Blue Dress. Oh, yeah. Devil in a Blue Dress. All right. right, uh, The final thing here is called Literal taglines i'm going to give you a year a movie came out and i'm going to give you uh the actual definition of the one word title so they're all one word titles i'll give you the year and i'm gonna give you the literal definition and then if you would like a hint i will give you someone who's involved with the movie their actor director uh, so on mm-hmm. all right so here we go the grip the, or the grip i'll give you joe <laughs> the best boy i'll give you rick um all right here we go number uh number one 2018 Determined by genetic factors and therefore able to be passed on from parents to offspring. Oh, never seen it. Number two in this uh, round here, but uh, 12 overall. 1999, the manifestations of bodily wounds in locations corresponding to those of Jesus. Mm. And number 13, 2005, inexpensive food and lodging for students, workers, or travelers. But triviality, sweat lodge is two words. It is a sweat lodge in here, you're correct. Who called it that? Uh, that was Beth, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, all right. Uh, let's start with Jeff uh, on this one. Actually, no, we, let's start with Matt. We never get to do this. So we'll start with Matt first. We'll go Matt, Jeff, Ken. What do you have for number 11? Hereditary. Yep. Hereditary. Hereditary. It is hereditary. That was like one of my favorite movies this year, too, guys. I still have to yeah. see it. See it. It's really messed up. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Ken, Ken kept talking about it. It was really good apparently it's all about like dna and yeah mm, yeah okay yeah. so it's scientific scientific thriller yes uh matt uh what did you have for uh 1999 uh, number 12 there uh stigmata 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 and it is the patricia arquette film stigmata number 13 the final one was 2005 matt uh hostile jeff yes this is what i normally am hostile <laughs> spelled differently but it is hostile it is hostile you guys swept that one very good so I added 35 to my score, bringing me to 65. Okay, Matt. Mm, likewise. Oh, I, nice. I added 50 to my score, and I'm at 90. Show off. All right, so 90 to 65 to 65. See, the scores are getting up there. Mm-hmm. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Um, so round two is going to start uh, in one second. Just wanted to say thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, many of you who wrote in questions for today, but mm -hmm. also for supporting our show October and mm -hmm. September, uh, the month before, have been just uh, outstanding as far as support, and uh, we can't thank you enough. Uh, Jeff, where can people uh, check out our perks and get involved? Um, you can do so directly at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast, uh, where we have, as Neil alluded to, many great uh, incentives, including bonus episodes. If you like our show enough that you would consider supporting us, I'm sure you wouldn't mind hearing a little bit more of us there. Um, some of the bonus episodes are really great. We uh, tend to keep it a little bit more loose and uh, quite a bit more uncensored. So uh, <laughs> if you think you might like us a little bit less filtered... Uh, yeah. $5 a month gets you direct access to that. And mm -hmm. you can't see it, but we're nude in the studio. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, are, we are nude in the studio. We all have the little uh, pieces of plants. because it's so hot in here. Like Adam access and to our 900 number also. But that's only on Patreon. Only on Patreon. <laughs> yeah, we do have a 900 number. If you call, Matt will be there any time of day, 24-7. He will answer the phone and talk you through whatever you need to get talked through. So Yeah installing your desktop anything whatever you need yeah turn your computer off and on have you yes, have you tried turning it off and on um everyone um make sure to check out the crop our facebook group and uh, one little request here from us in the studio uh, since this is a halloween episode under the official thread of this episode just start posting some fun halloween costumes mm -hmm. from your past it'll be fun to check out yeah we'll do the same all right uh round two is also going to start with an audio clip so let's let's start here and see what happens Due to the costs of adding an original musical score to a film soundtrack, both the 1931 film Dracula and 1932 film The Mummy used this musical excerpt for their opening credits. Name either the artist or the piece. Mm. Basically what you just heard. For Halloween this year, I dressed up as an uncultured swine, and I know none of this. <laughs> what does that costume look like? It's, it's mostly just a pig nose. <laughs> it's just a pig nose, yeah. I just, I'll just say Amadeus. Amadeus, okay. Uh, Jeff? Uh, I said uh, Mozart. Okay. And uh, Ken? This is from uh, Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Mm. It is an excerpt from Act 2 of Tchaikovsky's Swan Lake. Most mm. certainly is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting when you hear that. It's pretty... it's used heavily in Black Swan yep. also, which is about Swan Lake. It is. It is. It's also it's about Swan Lake. Never seen it. And growing feathers. And growing <laughs> feathers and, and Natalie Portman mm -hmm. just dancing. Basically. Not my, psychotic, not uh, my favorite Russian composer, though. Mm. Who's your favorite? Rachmaninoff. Ah, Rachmaninoff. Uh, he was the uh, he was the premier's uh, magician, right? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite Russian composer is that person. Isn't, isn't, isn't that uh, Black Widow? No, that's Scarlett Natasha Johansson. Natasha Rachmaninoff. He oh. was uh, he was very hard to replicate though because he had Marfan syndrome, which means his hands were very mm. very wide, so mm -hmm. he could spread octaves much better than most. Um, is that real? Yeah. Wow. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Get huh. your facts out of this episode. Yeah, come on. Fact, also, man. Also, uh, Jonathan Larson of Rent fame. Marfan syndrome. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. That's a, that's, yeah, that's it's a, that's it's a, a disorder question. of the connective tissue. And huh. one of the key characteristics is generally the hands tend to be pretty wide. See, I learned something Perhaps, today. Perhaps Lincoln had it. He might have. Yes, they believe he might have. 
Mm. Wow. See, I learn something new every day. Marfan syndrome, And it's right? all because I start every day with piano concerto uh, number one in F minor. So, mm. All right. Well, using that, uh, we're going <laughs> to move right along. Uh, number two of round two. In 1969, during a pivotal series game against the New York Mets, a black cat crawled out of the Shea Stadium grandstand and stalked Leo DeRocher, uh, the manager of what team whose chances at glory seem to be cursed for the rest of the season? We're talking basketball here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is also lacrosse. The famed uh, basketball team, the New York Mets. Oh, you said the Mets. <laughs> the Nye Mets are my favorite Back squadron. Back in Shea Stadium. All right. All right. I'm in. I'm going right. to take a guess. Okay. We'll start with uh, Ken first. Uh, Boston Red Sox. All right. Boston? Uh, they had curses of their own. I said Yankees. Mm-hmm. All right. This is when the they were up eight games, I believe, with like 12 games, and they went in a funk, and they lost the uh whatever it is whatever they were in at the time at nle so it was the cubs it was the chicago cubs I thought, I thought it was a goat well the goat was 45 the black cat was 69 the bartman was 2003 <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty crazy that Your team cubs had history team had uh ron santo or any banks great players and it yeah. just yeah they, For ferguson jenkins yeah that was uh, the name of a cat that used to live outside of my Leroy apartment. jenkins i mean he just came right in and just played really well all right the next question number three uh, is going to be a listener submitted uh question uh, this one i'm gonna let you guys figure out a spooky name for uh it's patreon supporter and united states champion troy osborne mm. what do we got troy Oshorned. Oshorned. Oh, okay that's as close as we're gonna get uh speaking of uh your questions troy thank you he sent in a, a a nice batch of them and i think i used two or three but uh, there were a couple others that were great too so uh this one is in 2010 voters on a sfx magazine poll ranked what metal clad mutants the scariest monsters of all time despite the fact that they look like toilet plungers attached to pepper grinders hmm. okay i'm in yeah i don't know so i locked in something all right what did you lock in matt uh guar Oh, okay. The most metal monsters <laughs> I could think of. Uh, let's go to Ken. I was hoping you'd go to Jeff first, so I know how to pronounce this. Oh, we'll um, go to Jeff. I was thinking. No, I was thinking about um, sci-fi shows. Uh, I thought of Cylons, but I think the ones from Doctor Who that look like pepper shakers are called Daleks. Daleks. Exterminate. Uh, those are the Daleks. The Daleks. You are mm. correct. Both two points or points going to Ken and Jeff yeah. on that one. Daleks. A huge Whovian, so. Mm. Oh yeah, I love Whovian. Whovian. Yeah. That is, is the correct terminology there. It yeah. is. That is their fandom. Very interesting. Uh, number four is another question from Aaron Barclay of Orange Cat Trivia. Uh, which 2012 presidential candidate may have suffered in the polls when people began to notice that he looked an awful lot like the Zodiac Killer? <laughs> Uh, because he is the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> yeah, this is the most Aaron Barclay question of all time. Uh, I don't remember who this is. Okay, Jeff has uh, amnesia. Let's go to Ken. Well, based on the fact that we don't know what the Zodiac Killer looks like, but we know that Ted Cruz is the Zodiac Killer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Theodore Cruz, Teddy Cruz. It is Ted Cruz. Ah, is it really? Yeah. Damn it. Question number five. The fear of being buried alive peaked during the cholera epidemics of the 18th and 19th centuries, but accounts of live burial have been recorded even further back. Then came the safety coffin. In 1829, Dr. Johann Gottfried Taberger designed a system using what addition to the safety coffin, coffin, which would alert the cemetery night watchman in case someone was still alive. So what invention did he add to the safety coffin? I'm in. Jeff is going to guess. It would be funnier if it was a safety triangle, but I guessed a bell. Okay, Matt? Yeah, I was going to say um, a cup and a string that you'd put to the end and then brought it up to the top, and you can shout out it in case you're alive inside the coffin. <laughs> okay. One of those I'm not dead yet. Like a, like a periscope tube, but for I almost sound. said periscope, but then I thought, Bring well, out your dead. <laughs> those have a name. My yeah. grandmother had one in her house. Right. I'm locked down here. <laughs> Well, anyways, yeah, it was a little uh, string that you could pull from the inside and would ring a bell. And imagine you're a like a grave digger or a night watchman, and you just hear the bell ringing. <laughs> you go, oh, that reminds me, though, of one of my favorite parts of the the episode of the uh, was it the farm the one that we're gonna spin off the office or whatever it was. Yeah, when they shoot the person in the coffin to make sure they're dead. <laughs> well what was funny the answer is bell by the way uh, the first batch though didn't work because they didn't leave anything to let the people breathe oh so they would just suffocate all of these things would have helped me i was like Paolo and lost i'm being honest That's like true how how did they bury people alive 
I mean, like, I understand that your medical understanding is way worse, but they used to, like, have people's funerals in their homes. It was, like, a day or so. Mm-hmm. Like, well, how did you... As Jeff, as you tell me numerous times throughout the day, uh, the human species is, is inherently stupid. Hey, Jeff, how about I bury you f***ing alive? Yeah, let's bury Jeff alive. Bury alive. Bury alive. <laughs> bury alive. This is like a horror movie. We just turn on Jeff. What's his epitaph? Well, actually. Well, yeah. actually, there, yeah. Ken's Ken's point there, though, about uh, what would the gravedigger do if they heard the bell? I believe, Matt, if you were after a long shift at Starbucks and then you went to be a gravedigger at night, you would just ignore the bell. Yeah. Yeah. Let it ding. I I believe after, after you shit your pants. <laughs> I believe it's hard and fact, soft and will. <laughs> that's a good That's a good epitaph. Uh, all right. Our next question uh, is from friend of the show, Ryan Shadora. Crying. Mm-hmm. Crying. Crying Ryan. Let's just call him Guest Shadora for whatever Guest reason. Guest Shadora. Okay. Frying Shadora. Frying Shadora. I like it. Uh, he asked, a classic horror film used real human skeletons in place of more expensive fake ones. They didn't tell the actors in the scene until after it was shot. What film was it? I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. He said it's a classic. Classic horror film. He didn't give a lot of hints in there, so I can give some hints if you need it. But Let's do a little hint. A hint. Let's I'm a big fan that Ryan sent us a skeleton question. That's, he is, he is uh, deathly afraid of skeletons. His, great, his greatest fear. I have two hints in the back pocket. I'm just going to give you a harder and then an easier one. First hint, I picked this question from Ryan, not because of the director uh, who's credited as directing this movie, but mm. because of the person who actually directed the movie. I'm locked in. Yeah, same. Uh, I guess that it was uh, Indiana Jones, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay, Matt? I also said Raiders of the Lost Ark. All right. Uh, Poltergeist. Yeah, it is Poltergeist. Who's the director? Well, it was Toby Hooper, but Spielberg direct basically directed the movie. Oh. Uh, yeah, it was due to uh, Producers Guild. Um, I figured. I figured so. there was a Spielberg tie-in when when you mentioned that. So yeah, number seven. <laughs> One of these things is not like the other. I'm going to name five musicals that were either on Broadway or off Broadway, and were based on a horror film of the same name. I just want you to tell me which one of the five does not exist. Mm. Mm. All right, here are the five horror films. Carrie, Suspiria, Evil Dead, The Toxic Avenger, and American Psycho. God, I hope Toxic Avenger is real and it's still playing. So which one of those five uh, was not a musical either on Broadway or off Broadway? Carrie, Suspiria, Evil Dead, The Toxic Avenger, or American Psycho? All right, Matt in right away. Big musical fan secretly. <laughs> yeah. That's All right, right, I'm in too. I'm in because I know the answer clearly. Do you? No. I'm locked in. All right, Jeff. I said uh, I said Carrie. Okay. Uh, let's go to Ken. Pretty sure Carrie got a musical treatment. I couldn't remember. I could picture all these as musicals. Um, yeah. Especially, might be Evil Dead, but I'm going with Suspiria. Pretty sure Evil Dead is one of them. I hope uh, so. I don't know. I thought, I, I just couldn't picture anyone but Bruce Campbell in that role. So I said Evil Dead. I said Evil Dead. All right. Uh, well, one of you is going to get points. Uh, Off-Broadway, November 2006 to February 2007, Evil Dead the Musical. Off-Broadway, April 2009 to 2010, The Toxic Avenger. Mm. Broadway, March 2016 to June 16, American Psycho. The role originated in London by Matt Smith yep. uh, of Patrick Bateman. And uh, Broadway, May 1988, and only for five performances, Carrie. Damn it. So Suspiria is the correct answer. Mm. I should have said that one because it's the one I don't know. Dang it. Lucked out. Lucked out. Uh, now the office here is in a very uh, rich red hue. Red lights. All right, number eight. Red room. Based on the author's personal experiences with the holiday, Halloween is a children's book with a humorous description of an American Halloween from a child's point of view. From bad trick-or-treat candy to pajama-like costumes, written in this stand-up's classic observational comedy style. I'll take a stab at it. Ooh, Jeff. Mm. All right, Jeff, uh, let's, uh, let's hear that stab. I, uh, I said uh, Jerry Seinfeld. I said Jerry Seinfeld. What's the deal with children's books? <laughs> yeah, Jerry Seinfeld. It is Jerry Seinfeld. Hey. Yeah. yeah, he talks about how, uh, you know, when you buy those, those masks that you wear uh, as a kid, that the string always breaks, and then you don't have a mask, and you have to hold it instead of wear it. That's how, yes, I could hear it in my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> What's the deal with Halloween? For the record, the deal with airplane food is your taste buds don't, actually tastes the same in the thinner air. Also, they've done weird studies. <laughs> Jeff is having a stroke. <laughs> I was talking about airplane food. He, he watches like Seinfeld stand up where he's like, what's the deal with He's like, actually, it's the deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you the deal with airline food. Airline food tastes different. In if, you were, if you were a horror movie character, they would just call you the ruiner. 
We did this last year too. Yes, actually, that's how you died. That's right. Because he was he was explaining why the killer shouldn't do something, and then he was stabbed by the actual killer. <laughs> If I recall. Correctly. That is really interesting, though. I actually learned two things from Jeff today that were very uh, beneficial. Actually, the thing that I find most interesting mm. is it turns out that um, noise interferences also somehow affect your ability to enjoy airplane food. Oh. Hmm. Does it affect your ability to enjoy podcasts? Because that laptop gets a little close sometimes. <laughs> I know uh, noise interferences interfered with my ability to enjoy a good night's sleep on our on our trip recently. Oh, to Iceland? Yes. Mm. Hmm. Any any horror stories from Iceland? Just sleeping next to Jeff for seven days. Well, that does sound scary. Well, you guys didn't have to camp. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to camp in a little uh, a little tent, a two person tent. I know you're saving money, but there's Airbnb. It was inside their hotel room. We could have got twin beds, but we got the queen. Yeah, well, that's all right. You got to save save a buck here here and there when you can. Uh, <laughs> I'll sleep anywhere, honestly, uh, unless it's outdoors. Um, speaking of, I didn't tell the story on another episode from earlier in the month, but. Uh, I went camping for a bachelor party, and uh, I, I'm not uh, a fan of the outdoors. I don't like dirt, the cold weather. Uh, I don't like uh, bugs. I don't like being outdoors whatsoever. Anyway, I, I had my brand new boots on, went for a hike. <laughs> Everyone was kayaking, and I said, I'm not going to do anything crazy here on this camping trip. I'm just going to you know, hang out, go mm-hmm. to sleep, not get dirty, all that kind of stuff. And uh, I decided to go walk on this one log to see them as they kayaked, and uh, yeah, my you friend... Fell in. My friend uh, said, hey, watch how I get off this log so you'll be safe. And he, and he went to go do it. I moved out of the way. And then I fell neck deep in the, in the river. Wow. <laughs> so uh, fully submerged uh, phone, wallet, everything soaked. And uh, that sucked. So. Did you put your phone in a bag of rice? Uh, I didn't. Apparently, they said my phone was kind of waterproof and it was okay after a Ooh, while. Nice. The future yeah. is here. I was uh, changing, though, uh, almost pretty much naked. And I realized that there was at least four families uh, <laughs> eating lunch. <laughs> Uh, on a picnic table so uh luckily nothing happened so so they got hungrier that, yeah <laughs> they, they were they were thirsty uh all right uh, this is the worst episode of are you afraid of the dark ever <laughs> tell a better story starring <laughs> ryan Gosling. i'm serious when when you were joking about ryan being afraid of skeletons the the worst thing in the entire world is wet clothes yeah. There was nothing worse. It was really That's bad. Jeff's greatest fear. No, it's yeah. dying alone. I picked out a nice outfit to wear all day. <laughs> Wait, what was your what was his greatest fear? <laughs> wet clothes and dying alone. Oh yeah, in wet clothes. Close one and two. <laughs> that see the, that's what happens when you you pick out a nice outfit to go hiking in and then you get wet. All right, uh, question number nine. <laughs> you sound like the villain in like an eighties teen movie. <laughs> oh, is that how you? I get just wet? have my new outfit on. I don't but I'll get wet. <laughs> oh my god. Hey dweeb, take out my laundry. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Uh, question nine. Uh, oh yeah, one. trivia, right? Trivia. <laughs> another listener submitted question uh, from my brother David. Thanks, Dave. Introduced in 1932, this popular candy bar, especially in our household, originally had three pieces of candy in one package that were flavored vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry. In 1945, it became a single bar marketed as the candy bar that was so big it could be shared with two friends. Okay, I'm in. Uh, Jeff is thinking on this one. Uh, Jeff, not really a huge candy connoisseur. Uh, unless he's stealing it from kids. What do you mean I'm not a huge candy connoisseur? Do you like candy? Yes, very much so. Oh, You're I talking to Willy Wonka himself right here. <laughs> Good day, sir. What's your favorite candy bar? I'm a Snickers guy. Snickers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't like nuts and chocolate. It's pretty though. basic, Jeff. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm kind of weird, and people find this weird, but I, I like nuts by themselves. I like chocolate by themselves. I don't like nuts in chocolate. Mm, I don't like nuts in my dessert. Right, fine. There's like a there's a Japanese candy. It's oh called something God. Thunder. I can't remember what it's called, but it's basically a Twix bar, but instead of the regular cookie, it's Oreo cookie, and it's dark chocolate. And I believe it's called amazing. Black Thunder. Whatever they are. Ooh. Those are incredible. Is that- I'm going to Google that and either get a candy bar or some porn. Yeah. All right. I'm locked in. All right. Uh, let's start with Matt. Uh, I said something that I would think you'd share with people. I said Kit Kat bar. Okay. Yeah, same Kit Kat bar, and it is called Black Thunder. Yeah. On the strength of the ability to share it and the fact that in Japan you can get it in about 35,000 flavors, I said Kit Kat. Okay. Here's the answer. Your Majesty, the three oh. We yep. thank you, Musketeers, yep. I forgot about for that. saving our country. Here is a token of my affection. Oh, a three musketeers candy bar. <laughs> By the king, I deserve it. And what of me? Men, have you forgotten? Three musketeers is big enough to share. Wow. Yeah. I kind of remember that coming up last year at some and, point. And none for D'Artagnan. Mm, none for no. D'Artagnan. Uh, was that uh, Chris uh, uh, O'Donnell in the movie? Which one? Uh, D'Artagnan. 
probably one of them. I think he was the young one. That's the young one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Final question of the round. Uh, the Haunting of Hill House, now a miniseries on Netflix, is the definitive work of horror fiction from what author? Known as a queen of the horror genre due to her namesake annual award, the award is given uh, for outstanding achievement in the literature of psychological suspense, horror, and the dark fantastic. So who is the author of The Haunting of Hill House? Hmm. I don't know, but I'm just going to lock in. Okay. Great author. Uh, Jeff's still thinking. I, I definitely recommend uh, when you guys hear this answer, check out this author. She's very good. I got nothing. Mm. Okay. No, no, it's right. coming to me. Jeff is tapping. Let's go to Ken. Uh, one of the uh, progenitors of the horror genre, Mary Shelley. Uh, All right. And Matt? Also went with the Mary Shelley. All right. Well, unfortunately, it is not Mary Shelley, uh, but it is uh, the novelist of 1959's Haunting of Hill House. Shirley Jackson. Hmm. I have 95 points going into the final. Oh, okay. I too have 95 points oh. going into the final. I hope I don't bleed too many of these points, but uh, I have 160. Wow. <laughs> Ken up into the lead. All right. Uh, we're going to go to the final round. I'm going to give you the final round categories. Uh, you're going to see a theme here. And uh, unfortunately, there really is no rhyme or reason here. So you're going to have to uh, kind of just you know place your bets how <laughs> you want funny. to. I'm doing it in Matt fashion. Hooray. All right. Here we go. Category one. Double double, mm-hmm. category two, toil, mm-hmm. category three, boy band trouble. <laughs> That's a stretch. <laughs> category four, fire burn, and category five, cauldron bubble. Category five, ghosts. Ghosts. <laughs> category five, Steve Gutenberg. Ed Potpourri. So uh, categories in order: double double, toil, boy band trouble, fire burn cauldron bubble okay i'm locked in if this double double isn't about basketball i'm gonna be so mad all right i'm in and screwed uh, i'm in too all right uh question one in the category of double double there are 16 animal ingredients in the potion that the witches are brewing in Macbeth. as you know that is the name of the categories double double toil and trouble that's the famous uh famous potion uh mix that they're doing there if you can name three of the animals in five guesses, you get points. And a little twist here because it's trick or triviality too. If you can name all five correct, you're going to double whatever you wagered. Mm, I get it. That's so a double double. 16 animal ingredients in the potion. So you have five guesses, name all five, you get double points. Name three, you get points. All right. Do number. You, so do you just need to name the animal or do you need to name the specific thing? No, no. Is? I just want to know the animal. I don't need to know if it's a, an eye or a toe or whatever. Okay. Number two. In the category of toil. This one is from Ryan Chidora. Once more. Thank you, Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) I love gold. Uh, (laughs) All right. Uh, Thank you, Ryan. Stephen King has been toiling away writing horror novels for years. Over 30 of his works have been adapted into feature films. But he's actually only directed one of them. What film is it? Hint, the original book title was Trucks. Hmm number three in the category of boy band trouble everybody might not know that in the music video for the song everybody backstreet's back the members of the band portray different movie monsters in a dream sequence i'm going to help you out and be generous and give you the names of the backstreet boys to receive points all i need to know is at least one of the horror alter egos that match to one of the backstreet boys so here's an example it has to be name and alter ego so if jeff was in the backstreet boys i would say Jeff as the Invisible Man. So here are the Backstreet Boy names. I think I got it. Brian, Howie, Nick, AJ, and Kevin. So I need to know one of the alter egos of those five gentlemen. And match it with the correct person? Yeah. Yeah. So if Jeff was a Backstreet Boy, Mm -hmm. the correct answer would be Jeff as the Invisible Man. Okay. All right. One one guess. One guess. That feels about right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. uh, That's what I thought. I thought it was fitting. Uh, Oh, wait a minute. Okay. You think you got one? I, I I I thought of somebody who looks a certain way, but then I thought of another person who looks even more a certain way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Number four was in the category of fire burn. Overly superstitious, this American president carried a rabbit's foot lucky charm with him during the 1932 presidential campaign. And according to his secretary, Grace Tully was particularly superstitious about the number 13 and the practice of lighting three cigarettes on a single match burn. 
1932 presidential campaign. Okay. And the final question uh, in Cauldron Bubble. Disney's film, The Black Cauldron, released in 1985, was considered a huge disappointment for Disney losing a ton of money. It was the 25th Disney animated feature film and is loosely based on the first two books in what series of books by Lloyd Alexander, a series of five novels that are in turn based on Welsh mythology. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Or she, call the police. Or call the police like she should have, exactly. <laughs> What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Uh, looks like all the answers are locked in. So we're going to start with uh, the first question, which was in uh, Double Double. Uh, I was looking for uh, the contestants to name any three of the 16 animal ingredients in the uh, potion that the witches in Macbeth are brewing. If they get five out of those five guesses, they'll get double the points. So let's start with Ken. Uh, what were your three or five guesses? Excuse me. Well, first of all, I wagered 20 on this one. Mm -hmm. My five guesses were uh, horse, serpent, toad, fish, and uh, my beloved rat. Okay. Uh, let's go to Matt. Uh, so I think one of them is I have newt. So I have newt, uh, frog, goat, horse, and rabbit. Okay. And Jeff. I wager 10 points. I said... Oh, I wagered 30, by the way. Oh, big big wager. <laughs> I wager 10. I said uh, newt, uh, hare or rabbit, uh, hawk, snake or serpent, and toad. Okay. Uh, it looks like two people are going to be getting regular points. No double points here. Mm. Um, the answers are toad, snake, newt, frog, bat, dog, snake, worm, lizard. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Two snake. <laughs> two, two snakes. <laughs> <laughs> That's two, two chance cousin. True. Uh, all right. Worm, uh, lizard, owl, dragon, wolf, shark, goat, tiger, and baboon. So I believe Ken didn't get any points on that one. Yikes. Uh, so it looks like Jeff and Matt will be getting points. So serpent doesn't count for snake and uh, fish doesn't count for shark. Um, I will count serpent for snake, but not shark. So still just two. two yeah. <laughs> Shark is like a big fish. <laughs> uh, all right. Number two uh, was a question from our friend Ryan. I was looking for the only adaptation of his own work that Stephen King directed. The original book was called Trucks. But what was the name of the film Stephen King directed? Uh, let's start with Ken. What did you wager? Uh, I wagered 20 on this one. And I really have uh, not too much of a good idea here. 
And so I just answered what I'm currently in, wasting away all my points, and that is misery. Okay. Okay. Uh, I wagered zero. Even though that's a Rob Reiner flick. And I said, the Langoliers. Okay. Uh, I wagered 10, and I jokingly said, joyride. Okay. Well, uh, the answer is not one of those, but it is 1986's Maximum Overdrive. The name of the uh, the film. If you remember the box, there's a giant uh, 18-wheeler on the box. Uh, number three, one of my favorite questions, uh, just kind of popped up uh, having watched this video like four times in a row, and I was like, oh, I'll ask a question about it. It was in the category of boy band trouble. I cheating was, on NSYNC? <laughs> uh, oh, no, never cheating on NSYNC. I'm just trying to watch and see what uh, the lesser group is uh, to remind myself. So um, the members of Backstreet Boys are Brian, Howie, Nick, AJ, and Kevin. I was asking you in the video for everybody, Backstreet's back, what horror movie alter ego do the members play so let's start with jeff on this one what did you wager i wagered 15 um and i said aj as wolfman mm-hmm. okay matt uh i wagered uh 30 um i think so the one i was struggling with i thought kevin was like the jekyll and hyde guy but i i locked in with uh i believe nick is the mummy all right and kenneth yep i was about to throw a dart and say brian was frankenstein's monster which might still be true but then i was like howie that mother looks like a vampire so i'm going with uh howie as a dracula or a vampire we all pick different guys i know and two of two people are getting points and the question is who's it going to be well frankenstein's monster was actually the bus driver that was in the bookend sections mm. of the video at the end they came out and the bus driver was frankenstein's monster but uh here's the list uh brian was a werewolf or wolfman damn it uh, Kevin was Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. AJ was Eric or Phantom of the Opera. Uh, Nick was Mummy. And Howie was Dracula. Ooh, right. yeah. I had two of them. Wow. It's <laughs> uh, 10 points for me. Very yeah. nice. Uh, all right. Wait, uh, who was Wolfman? Wolf, there, uh, there, Wolfman was Brian. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, number four was in the category of Fireburn. Uh, I wanted to know what presidential candidate who ended up becoming president in 1932 uh, was very, very superstitious and uh, was superstitious specifically about the number 13 and the practice of lighting three cigarettes on a single match burn. Let's start with Ken. What did you wager? I wagered 20 on this one. Um, Just kind of had to work with the year. Uh, It seemed around Hoover's time. Mm. And he, I don't know too much about Hoover, to be honest with you, but I haven't heard these strange things about like FDR or something like that. So I want Hoover. Okay. Let's go to Matt. Yeah. I think this is actually, this guy's too early, but I said Teddy Roosevelt. Okay. And yeah. Jeff. Election of 32 was Hoover and Roosevelt. I went the other way. If you can hide polio, maybe you can hide some other weird things. So I True. guessed FDR. True. Uh, all right. Well, uh, there would be two people getting points, Matt, if you did Jeopardy rules and went last name only because it is Franklin Delano mm. Roosevelt. Get wrong, Roosevelt. That's okay. I bet zero. So. I was struggling. I was like, is it Hoover? Is it Hoover? And then I was like, I bet no. FDR was kind of a weirdo. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. If you read uh, the book by Grace Tully, his secretary, there's a lot of uh, facts about Roosevelt there. All right. The final question was in the category Cauldron Bubble. It was about Disney's film, The Black Cauldron. And I wanted to know uh, what book series was The Black Cauldron based on, the five volume book series uh, based on Welsh mythology. Let's start with Matt this time. What did you wager? Uh, zero. Um, and I think that that black cauldron, they would say it's a black beauty. All right. <laughs> Matt? That's me. <laughs> I got zero. There's two of them. Oh, my God. <laughs> Matt replicated. What's going on? Uh, Jeff? Had nothing. I said Beowulf as a joke. Okay. What'd you wager? I wagered 10. 10. All right. And Ken? I wagered 20, and I said uh, Darkwing Duck. Uh, All right. Well, this is going to be an interesting uh, final score dangerous. here. Uh, but the book series was Lloyd Alexander's The Chronicles of Prydane. Mm no idea what i've that never is. heard of that i never heard of it either but i i assume some of the listeners would so well i added 60 points to bring my total to 155 whoa wow matt's matt, huge comeback i there. bet heavy on what i thought was basketball and boy bands <laughs> <laughs> know your strengths uh jeff what do you have uh i lost a little bit of ground but not too much and i ended the game with 80 points okay and, and ken i bled out all the way to 90 uh, wow which, which means if you don't mind me no, saying ahead. Matt, you are the scream of the crop. Congratulations. (laughs) Matt, coming Uh, back from behind, 
Yeah, I perform well on these holiday shows, and uh, I think it takes all the energy out of me for the rest of the year. So. Matt is the uh, the Laurie Strode of the podcast, surviving Michael Myers' wrath, uh, and soon to be uh, hopefully surviving it in the uh, Halloween sequel slash reboot uh, in theaters now. Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. And I have been completely flayed. You have been flayed. You're a reek. You're like a reek. Congratulations. You flayed yourself. <laughs> 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 All right, well, uh, thank you guys for uh, joining us here for this uh, Trick or Triviality 2 Final Chapter uh, Takes Manhattan episode. Uh, just want to thank you all uh, from Patreon for all your support for keeping this show going, letting us do episodes like this and uh, other themed episodes like our Christmas episode coming up. And for the Wolfman, the Mummy, Frankenstein's Monster, my name is Dracula, and good evening. Hey. Uh, that was Triviality. That was Triviality. So the first time you hear the, the concept of Halloween, when you're a kid, your brain can't even process the information. You can, you're like, what, what is this? What did you say? So what did you say about giving out candy? Who was giving out candy? Everyone that we know is just giving out candy. Then finally, third year, begging the parents, got the Superman Halloween costume, not surprisingly. Cardboard box, cellophane top, mask included. Remember the rubber band on the back of that mask? That was a quality item there, wasn't it? That was good for about 10 seconds before it snapped out of that cheap little staple they put it in there with. You go to your first house, trick or snap, it broke, I don't believe it. Wait up, you guys, I gotta fix it. Hey, wait up! Wait up!